listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. You're listening to the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thank you for joining me on the show. I got to tell you, I think I've got the luckiest opportunity in the world to learn from so many great people firsthand, and I do my best to really pull out some of the great ideas and helpful tips, resources, and let's just call them life hacks that can help you get more business. And remember, this is the arc. It's more business. You want to get better business so that you can pick and choose the kind of clients that you want to serve, and eventually you want to get all the business of your clients. And in order to do that, you've got to stay on the cutting edge and always look for new ideas that can help you get an edge over your competition. Because an edge, no matter how slight, is still an advantage. So I'm going to bring some innovative ideas to you today in my interview with Dr. Gene Orsler. And our topic title for today is called The Caveman Brain Business Growth System. Now, Gene has been consulting to professional services firms and other types of organizations for quite some time. And I think the most interesting thing I got out of this was that there's some unique ways that we can think about how we think that can help us get more business and help us be more successful in terms of client development. So make sure you take the time to listen to this show listen to the three action steps that she shares at the end, and then also connect with her on LinkedIn and check out some of the other resources that we put in the show notes. Wherever you're listening to these, just go to where it says description or show notes, and that's where we pull all that information. Also, if you've got some time, take a minute, go to Apple Podcasts and also Spotify and leave a nice five-star review. I'd really appreciate that very much. As always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, Legal Intelligence suite of products, Firmscape and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. And now here's my conversation with Gina Orsler. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love with the Rainmaking Podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Jean Ausler. She's known as the Results Queen. And our topic is the Caveman Brain Business Growth System. Jean, thanks for joining me on the show today. Scott, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. You bet. And I'm impressed with your credentials, a PhD in what was it, organizational psychology, did you say? In business psychology. Business. That's even better. <laughs> That's even better because like everybody loves therapist. business. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is great. I like the fact that you've got that academics behind you, then also the real world understanding of what uh, keeps people from reaching their full goals in business development. So let's just get right into it. Uh, we're talking about the caveman brain business growth system. What does that mean? What's the caveman brain? How would you define that? Oh, so let me talk about caveman brain because it is really truly my love. So our brain is the least studied organ. Think about how much we scan all of our other organs. We actually never scan our brain. There's only one person in the world who does that that I know of who actually studies is Dr. Amen. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard of him. He's awesome. Yeah. Totally awesome. So the fact is, is that there's something called our amygdala, right? It's our mm -hmm. internal protection system. So think fight, flight, or freeze. And our caveman brains, that's what I call it. Because I can't say amygdala a gajillion times. I don't right. Know. <laughs> I decided to call yeah. it caveman brain. Right. You might have to make it an expletive, uh, explicit rating on, uh, <laughs> on on the podcast. Well, I might, right? right. And, and the fact is, is that, so caveman brain is from when we were cave people, yeah. it constantly scans the horizon looking for danger. And if it sees danger, it will flood our body with chemicals to fight, flight, or freeze, which was perfect 
when we were cave people, because if we saw the bushes moving or we heard the rustle of the bushes, our brains would go saber tooth tiger. And then it would flood our body with chemicals to do something. But nowadays, there really aren't a lot of saber-toothed tigers, and there's really not much that's going to kill us. Right. So a man brain makes up a lot of stories about things, especially around new business development. And when you can figure out what the stories are, because they're really not truth, they really come from four places. They come from our culture, they come from our life experiences, they come from our parents, and they come from our childhood. Okay, so, so and, and it's come from then you can control your caveman brain and you can be super ex- successful. Okay, so what does that mean when you talk about the stories that it plays for us? What does that mean exactly? So I'm coming across as pushy, salesy, and aggressive. Like everyone calls me and they're like, I don't want to be pushy, salesy, and aggressive. I don't want to be a used car salesperson. Right, right, right. Right? I mean, and I think to myself, well, do you come across as pushy, salesy, and aggressive? Like has anyone ever said you were pushy, salesy, and aggressive? And the answer is usually no. Then, well, where did that come from? And so there's a story that we tell ourselves. I can't find enough people to talk to, or I can't close these people. I, well, those are stories that you, really, did someone tell you you couldn't do that or you just made that up? So how have you seen people can overcome these stories? What have you seen that they, they've been able to do to, to overcome that? I mean, because obviously, I mean, what you're talking about, everybody feels it. I talk to rainmaking partners and some of them have been very transparent with me. And I think a lot of them feel they just got kind of lucky getting the client. So tell me then, how have you seen that's kept people from reaching their full potential? Then tell me how you've been able to help them overcome that, please. Well, I I will start with myself. So there was a point in my life where I didn't, I couldn't really get out of my own way. I was really successful. I just couldn't seem to get to the next level of success. So I hired four different coaches to help me. Wow. One happened to be a Harvard neuroscientist. I truly believe in coaching. I think coaching, look, all the great athletes have all, like a whole team Mm -hmm. of people. Why do we feel like we have to do it on our own? Why can't we have a team of people who can support us, right? And so I hired four people and one of them happened to be a Harvard neuroscientist. And that's when I learned that the neurological pathways that I had created in my brain were holding me back from being even more successful. Because in some ways, being even more successful means I'm going to have to spend more time. I'm I'm already overwhelmed. I don't know how I'm going to fit more in. And so our brains actually help and hinder us from being more successful because if we say to ourselves, wow, I'm so busy. I don't have enough time for another client. Then the brain goes, oh, we don't have enough time for another client. So when you're not going out and doing new business development. So it makes up stories to protect us that aren't necessarily truth. Hmm. So when people come to me and say, and they give me all different types of interesting things, then I say to them, okay, well, where did that come from? So a lot of people say this to me. I had a parent that when I brought my science test home, I got a 97 and they'd ask where the other three points are. So I'm constantly looking yeah. to do better in the three points. And I'm like, isn't 97 really good enough in today's world? Like no one's judging you. No one's right. an A, right? I guess you have a performance review. So really, why are we why are we killing ourselves with the other three points? Could we just not go a 97 and that's good enough? Right. So let me let me ask you something. Let me back up a little bit. You talked about neuropathway connections mm-hmm. that kept you from becoming successful. What does that mean exactly? So in the Harvard neuroscientist, what he said is that we create these neurological pathways and some of them become very deep seated into our brain. But what's great about our brain is that we can shut down neurological pathways and create new ones. Okay. So, so Tell me more. <laughs> so, 
So once you determine, let's say one of these ideas that you're telling yourself is a neurological pathway that's in your brain. What you can do is then figure out what to tell yourself differently, create a new neurological, a new belief, a new understanding, a new story. And then as you reinforce that story, think about like developing a habit over 45 days, you will shut down your old neurological pathway and you'll create a new one. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, that's how you can. So that's how you can change your way of thinking around new business development. Because look, most people are like, I just don't want. How many of us are in new business development, right? Mm -hmm. But we're not called salesy or pushy. We're there to help people. Isn't that what we want to do? So really, what you're doing is you're finding people who need your help, and you're making friends, and you're asking them questions. Which for lawyers, I mean, lawyers are the best new business developers. I just need to get them to change their lawyer hat to their marketing hat. They already have. Skill set. They know how to ask questions. They know how to figure things out, and they want to help people. Let me ask you this: Do you think that some of them, and I know you mentioned it's because of culture, life experiences, parents, and childhood? I know some of them. I've kind of picked up on the fact that, well, that's beneath me. That's lowbrow. I'm a sophisticated attorney doing sophisticated work for sophisticated clients, and me thinking of myself as having to be someone who has to sell the work is beneath me. I mean, have you seen things like that before with people? Well, the first thing is, is that notice what the words you said was, I have to sell. Oh yeah, right, right. Right? Well, you're not selling because think about how many people that you've helped in the world in terms of doing that. Do you want to help more people? The answer is yes. Selling is probably beneath you because you're not selling. Mm -hmm. You're looking for people who need help, who are your ideal target client. So if you're selling selling to these people, your brain's going to be like, no, we're not doing that. But if you Mm -hmm. said to your clients, look... I want to help more people like you. Like, I wish I had 12 more people who had your problem so I could help them. Isn't right. that what you want to do? Yeah, that's exactly right. So how how do people get to that point? <laughs> well, the first thing is they have to realize they're at that point, right? And what's interesting is caveman brain shows up in so many places in our language. So if you just listen really closely, which lawyers are also really good at doing, you can hear yourself start to talk about things and you go, wow. Like I just said to you, Scott, you're not selling. Like we don't even call it sales because it's not sales. It's new business development. Got it. Right, right. right. You, want, you want more business? Then you have to go out and develop it. That's all it is. That's good. Not, yeah. You like using that word then because it kind of keeps us from being anchored back to sales or selling. Even though I've heard some people say we need to say the S word more. But I like the fact that you say we need. To, it's okay to keep it new business development. Well, the way we look at new and uh, in our system is that we think upselling is gravy. Yeah. New, what is the most important thing to any business, whether you're in a law firm or an accounting firm or a financial advisory firm, if you're not bringing in new clients, mm-hmm. I realize there's like the 80-20 rule that we get most of our work, 80% of our work from 20% of our clients. But if you're not bringing in new every year, your business is going to die. Yeah. I always say that the good rule of thought is more business. You can pick and choose who you're going to get out of that. Better business, higher margins. People pay you on time. They seek you out. And then all the business, you want to become the first person they think of. Then you can only do that by keeping that funnel moving forward because I think it's appropriate to let go of the bottom 15% each year and replace that. So I like what you talk about. The new business development, that has to be the engine driving the train. Uh, Let me ask you this, uh, with the caveman brain, the thing we talked about, culture, life experience, parents, and childhood, uh, tell me about the childhood part of it. What have you seen that's happened in people's pasts when they were kids that uh, keeps them from reaching their potential in terms of business development? 
Oh my goodness. So I, I mean, I have lots of stories, but think about being bullied as a child. Yeah. So I had a client who was a lawyer and she was bullied as a child. So think about when, if you have to walk into a room of strangers, what are you carrying as your baggage as you walk into a room of strangers where you have to talk to people? You right. know, your reaction is I'm, I'm on defensive because I don't know who's going to bully me or not. That's a childhood experience, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like I get a lot about the 97. I, mean, I get a lot of that. And the fact is that, so I'm overachieving. I won't start new business development because I'm not going to get a hundred in it. Uh-huh, I'm going to uh-huh. get 97 and then I'm always going to have to figure out how I'm going to improve myself for those three points. And therefore, I'd rather not do it than because I'm not going to be good at it. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you need to tell yourself something differently to develop a new habit and that shuts down the old neuro pathway and helps to create a new one. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things people have had to tell themselves or how have you worked with them to help them build those new neuro pathways? So there's a lot of ways, a lot of ways to heaven. And what's great about the caveman brain business growth system is that it's customizable to every single person. That's how I built it. So I wanted to make sure that you could pick and choose what would make sense for you. So depending on what you have is the story that you're going to tell. So often the first thing you have to do is identify whatever the story is, like, and then logically think through it. What I often say to people, is that an opinion or is that a fact? So for example, I'm always looking for the three points. Is that an opinion or is that a fact? Did someone tell that to you? Do you really believe that someone's going to bully you? When I ask that question, whether we're working with corporate or individuals, the first thing that they say is just like, wow, that's just an opinion. Well, then it's not truth. Right. Right. So, and lawyers deal with facts all day long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Make it a fact. So let me go in this direction then. Think of those people that are, uh, and I know our our show is to all industries, but let's kind of keep talking about legal because it's very specific. And those people that are successful, they have to build that book of business and they have to start and they, they should start when they're associates, counsel, junior partners. What have you seen people coming into business development? How can they use this concept effectively to really kind of jumpstart their career as a business developer? I'm going to tell you this story, Scott. I was speaking to the uh, Young Women's Law Association uh, here in my state. And I said to them, how many of you, please by a show of hands, would like to become partners someday? And they all raised their hand. And I said to them, and how many do you real, of you realize that in order to become partner, you have to be able to bring a new business? And they all raised their hand. Yeah. And then I said, and how many of you would like to be a business developer? And nobody raised their hand. They all sat, they all sat on their hands like, oh, and what's interesting is there's a, in that conversation, there's a lot of people are like, you have to be really good at the law in order to be a really good business developer. That is one aspect that's truth. But the other thing is, is that as you're developing your law skills, you really need to be developing your new business development skills as well, because you yeah. just can't turn on, be a business developer. I'm great today. You know, I started to yesterday and I started and I'm great today. I get a lot of people, especially in the associate level and you know junior partner level of, well, the people I know are junior partners too. So how much business could they really get? Well, the fact is that, you, yes, you could build that network because it will eventually from a, we call it a bamboo strategy because bamboo doesn't show up for seven years once you plant it. So you'll mm. plant seeds and eventually they'll come to you. But there's a lot of other people who are very willing to work with people who are younger than them 
for a variety of reasons. They might have younger clients that they want to pass down to someone who is younger who can help them, but so they don't want to necessarily pass it to someone who is an older person. Right. And those are all caveman brain thoughts that as we work through those conversations, junior partners and counsel and and associates are like, oh, so get out there and have conversation. Develop your personal brand. Think about what your elevator speech is going to be. What's your value prop? And most of us are like, oh, I I never thought of that. Right. And also you have to feel, here's the other thing. You have to feel comfortable when you do business development because if you don't, they can smell it on you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You have to be super comfortable. And that's really exploring what's in your head because once you figure out that, then you can harness that to move forward. I'll say one of them. Sure. I was talking to a lawyer the other day as a potential VIP coaching client. And she was telling me how she does not like the assumptive close because when she gets the assumptive close, it makes her, it makes her very angry and very resistant. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, well, how you sell is how you buy. So if you buy this way, then you can't sell. Like that's what would prevent you from having an assumptive close. And she was like, wait, what? So once you figure out even those things of like, how do I buy something? What do I do? What do I say? Because that's how you're selling to other right. people. That's interesting. Yeah. So what do you think gets in people's way? What are some of the pitfalls? Let's say they start on this and that it just doesn't work for them. What have you seen usually those reasons are? So usually what happens is, is that people start um, and they have some sort of success in some way, shape or form, and then they get stuck. So mm-hmm. what we talk about is uh, we have a four-phase process, alignment, accountability, expansion, mind junk. So what we say is, first of all, we're, and it's a circle. So once you learn the four phases, you will constantly do new business development in those four circles, regardless of how long that you're responsible for new business development. Mm-hmm. And if you can figure out where you are in that phase, you can move to the next. So often what happens is people go out, they have great success, but then they realize that their ideal target client has changed or they don't know their ideal target client enough or they tell there's a misalignment in their stories. So they'll talk about, oh, I I work with business owners and then they give a story about a young couple with a baby. Well, that's a misalignment. Um, Not having enough accountability because we get busy doing our day jobs. So then new business development goes by the wayside and we tell lawyers five hours a week, that's it. If you can devote five hours a week to new business development, you will hit it out of the park. That's okay, good. Is. It's not yeah. very, it doesn't take a long time, right? And then it's like, well, I'm expanding. I'm doing well. How am I expanding more? Because more means more. I can't take on more. So how do I manage my billable hours and my new business development at the same time? We have that a lot. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you fall into mind junk where you're like, oh, and mind junk can come from a variety of areas as we've talked about. What does that mean, mind junk? How would you define that? Mind junk, we actually call it brain junk in my organization. But the fact is, is that it's stuff that prevents you from moving forward. You know, like yeah. I can't push these sales are aggressive or selling is beneath me, or I can't do an assumptive close, or people are going to judge me. And what are they, they're not going to think I'm smart as a lawyer, or I'm going to, I can't ask my clients for a referral because then they'll leave me because I'm being too pushy with them to ask them for yeah. something. Right, right. That's interesting. I like the fact how you think in terms of systems, where you look at the problem, this is the problem, neuropathways, what's the reason for that problem, culture, life experience, parents, childhood, and then what's the strategy? And I like how you talk about the four areas, the alignment, accountability, expansion, and mind junk. I think that's great. Tell me a a story of somebody that you've worked with. You don't have to mention their name, of course, but let's say, and let's not say they were 
new to the idea of getting business. They've done a little bit of it. They needed to do more. Tell me a story of how you worked with them. What changes did they make and what was the result? What's kind of that arc, Jean? Okay. So, I mean, we work with a variety, but I'm going to give a woman partner who came to me. And when she came to me, now I've been working with her for six years personally in terms of coaching. And when she came to me, her other partner, there's three partners, there's three, they own their own law firm, smaller law firm. We work with small, medium, and large, but a smaller law firm. Uh-huh. And she came to me because she's like, my partner tells me that I'm not doing enough business development. She's a trust and state attorney. And she's like, and, and I'm really nervous to do that. And I was like, well, okay, tell me more. She goes, and if I don't run with him, he's a litigator. If I don't run with him, he's going to look down on me. And he's going to think that I'm not worthy about being his partner and owning this law firm with him. Right. Like, think about all of that to unpack. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> so using the system, we have a conversation. She is now beating her litigator partner year after year after year in new business development. She's just been asked to be the chairman of the board of a nonprofit organization. Wow. That's significant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's significant. They've grown their law firm from a small thing to a mid-sized organization because I told her as she goes is how her law firm goes. So she's driving everything in her law firm uh-huh. and she feels really good and comfortable about it because it's not just that she's bringing in new business development. Like she's like, I have more business than I know what to do with. And then we keep hiring more lawyers for her to take on all of her, all of her new business because she just, because she, we've built her a machine. And good for you and good for her, Jean. That's great. Yeah, right? And that's yeah. the way to do it, right? And like we're having a conversation with a lawyer for his all of his counsel people to come and do our system because he knows that they all want to be partners. Right, right. So, right? so the fact is, is that you can have a cohort within a law firm and then we do training and, so, and each one gets individual attention. So the idea is that you take people who are nervous or have never done new business development and you turn them into people that are like, I have to go find people who I want to help. Yeah, right, right. Game, it becomes fun. It becomes easy. That's great, Jean. Well, let me kind of ask you to summarize this as we bring things to a close. If there are three action steps, somebody wants to get started on this, what would you recommend? How would they start in terms of three steps implementing these ideas that you shared? Okay. So the first thing is, is that I'm going to, cause this is where lawyers start. You have to write down all of the thoughts that you have that would prevent you from doing new business development. Every thought that you have and look at those thoughts and think to yourself, is that a fact or is that an opinion? If it's an opinion, it's not truth. So therefore it's something that you've made up in which case just easily write a new sentence and then say that's the, and however many you had, I like when I did this, I had 39 different sentences that I would say every single day. So you say the opposite for 45 days, twice a day, wow, in the morning, wow. in, the, in the evening, 45 days, and then you'll believe the new stuff that you've written down. Okay, good, good, good. This might sound kind of a little bit out there for some people, but you're a PhD, you've studied this. This is something that's based on fact, right? This will oh, actually yeah. help. Oh, yeah. So I will tell you that I used to think I was a terrible writer and I come from a family of writers. So I was like, I'm a terrible writer. And finally, my friend was like, no, you're a great writer. You just need a good editor. I was like, okay. So then I was like, I'm a good writer. I'm a good writer. I'm a good writer. I'm a good writer. And I've now written five books because I'm a good writer. That's great. So what's step number two? Step number two is once you get through all of that, then think about who is your ideal target client? Who, like of all the people you work with, if you could have more of one person, we actually call this Mimi because I was in this place where I wanted more Mimi's in my life. I love Mimi. 
And what do you love about Mimi? And what do you love about working with your Mimi, whoever that might be? And describe everything about that, that person. Now, if you don't know anything about that person, then call up your Mimi and say like, what made you decide to work with me? How have I helped you? And you write it in their language. Yeah, yeah. You start to use that language to attract more new Mimis to you because you're talking about their problem and you're talking about how you help them and you talk in their language, not yours. That's great. That's great. What's, what's step number three? That's a great idea, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. I get that a lot, actually. <laughs> the third step is that once you've described your Mimi and you have stories that talk about how you do that, then think about where does Mimi hang out, right? Oh, yeah. So I need to go hang out where Mimi's hang out or start asking people that you work with like, hey, I really want to work with this type of person. Who do you know that I can help? That's all it is. Who do you know who I can help? And ask it like you're in court, like a curiosity question. Who do you know that I can help? And they're going to go, yeah, you can help this person. Great. And they'll go, I haven't really thought about anybody yet. Great. Well, let me know if you do. And they go, no, I have no of those people. Okay. And you move on to the next one and ask the next question. This is great, Jean. You've given us a wealth of information. Thank you for being here today. Tell us about the offerings and services that you would like our listeners to know. And we're going to put any links that you give us on the show notes. So for everybody's listening, make sure you go to the show notes where you hear this podcast and connect with Jean. Tell us about that, Jean. So all you have to do is go to cavemanbrain.com. Super yeah. easy. We have a whole bunch of downloadable tools. So people who just want to do that themselves, we're fine because our mission in life is to leave you better than we found you. There's videos there. There's tools that you can do. If you want to become a client of ours, we actually have an online course that you mm-hmm. can just take. So you don't have, you can do it on your own in your own pace. Or if you want to be a VIP coaching client or do a, be a corporate client, you can sign up for all of that on the website at cavemanbrain.com. And if you have a question, and I tell this on every single podcast and no one is taking me up on it, you can email me at gene at cavemanbrain.com and ask me any question that you want. And I'd be happy to answer it because my mission is to leave you better than I found you. That's great, Gene. Well, I feel like you've left the listeners on our show better than when you found us. So thank you for being here. I'd love to have you back on. And thank you so much for the generosity of sharing today. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.